Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always, and welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about a topic that comes up quite a bit, and I've been asked to explain it, so we'll kind of go into that a little bit today. Uh, Before we go into today's topic, um, I want to play the commercial for our sponsor, which is Electrician Pride. Hopefully all of you have had a chance to visit electricianpride.com and look at some of the shirts, t-shirts, all the goodies. Again, help support our show. We have a podcast shirt and stickers and whatnot over there. Uh, Although remember, we're also still giving out the free stickers. So if you want to email me for some stickers, just email me with your um, your physical address, and we'll get those stickers out to you. The code mafia, the code wizardry, and all that still available. The the ones for master journeyman things like that. So check it out; they're still available. Um, But if you want to get any of our swag over in Electrician Pride, do that. So I'm going to run that commercial, and then we'll get into today's topic. Today's show is sponsored by ElectricianPride.com. Your one-stop shop for electrician-specific t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, mugs, die-cut stickers, leggings, and so much more. Featuring unique designs for electricians, journeymen, and master electricians, as well as electrical engineers and electrical inspectors. For more information on all the products that are available, visit us at www.electricianpride.com today. All right, so... Check it out. Some great stickers, great uh, merchandise available. Again, electricianpride.com. Of course, you can also get there from our website, masterthenec.com. There's a merch button there. Click on it for merchandise, and of course, it'll take you there as well. So it's just a redirect. So, all right, today's episode, we're going to talk about the concept of continuous load. Now, continuous load is something that we see an awful lot in the National Electrical Code. I mean, we'll see it in... 210.19, when you're talking about branch circuits, okay, very common, uh, and we have to understand how it applies. But we're also going to see it in 215.2, same concept where we have to take what? The continuous load at 125% and the non-continuous load at 100%, okay? So, again, something that we're familiar with, we're, we're very used to that concept, But we also see the same practice as well in Article 230 for services under 230.42, which deals with the minimum size and ampacity. So it is a concept that we have to truly understand. Now, throughout the code, when we say code, we're talking the National Electrical Code, there will be references made to treat something as a continuous load. For example, 430.22 for motors, single motors. Okay, size and conductors, you're treating this as a motor, uh, as a continuous duty motor at 125%. When you're doing branch circuit sizing for water heaters, for example, if you're doing that, you're going to, for, for branch circuit sizing purposes, you're going to treat a water heater as a continuous load. So there's areas in the National Electrical Code that tell us that you treat something as a continuous load. So we've got this term continuous load that we constantly are running into in the National Electrical Code. And while it should mean the same thing, when you look at the definition of continuous load and then you look at how the National Electrical Code portrays it, where it specifically tells you to treat something as a continuous load, um, they are kind of similar because 
When it tells you in the code, it typically means something is probably more than likely high probability that it's going to be on at its maximum current output for three hours or more. So the NEC, National Electrical Code, will go on and tell you to treat something as a continuous load. So the code does that. However, there are applications, and usually this is going to pertain, you know, I would say 99.9% of the time in commercial industrial applications where you're going to have to take things uh, into consideration uh, as a continuous load. For example, parking lot lighting, it's going to be on all night, certainly going to be on three hours or more. And if it has a wattage in it, it's obviously burning at that wattage. That's its maximum output. So, and even if you dim something back, it still has the potential to be at its maximum output. So you treat it as a continuous load. Now, interesting enough, in the 2020 edition of the National Electrical Code, we kind of changed the lighting when it comes to commercial applications and industrial applications. Um, we we kind of changed it so that we incorporated continuous loads in the VA per square foot calculation under Table 220.12. So it's kind of incorporated. And, of course, we pulled the dwelling stuff out of that and created its own, uh, well, put it under 220.14J. So we kind of addressed the general use and general lighting and things like that. There's very little continuous loads in a dwelling. Uh, even if somebody says, yeah, but my kids leave the lights on all the time. All right. There's enough diversity. You don't have to take that in consideration. But in commercial or other than, I should say, other than dwellings, that is something you always have to take into consideration. Now, we're doing your load calculation. We don't have to worry about factoring in the lighting loads, for example, at 125%, because that's already going to be figured into the VA per square foot under table 220.12. So that saves us a little step, if you will, saves us a little work. It's already done for us. Uh, You know, when we do that VA per square foot, it's already taken care of. However, there are plenty of other loads that we'll encounter, like sign circuits and things like that, that will be on continuously for three hours or more. So we have to grab and wrap our head around this concept of what constitutes a continuous load. Now, other than when the National Electrical Code tells you something continuous, what else could trigger something to be continuous? I'll give you another example. In other than dwellings, commercial building, the receptacles are not to be considered continuous load. However, if I'm an engineer and I design a system and I have a receptacle that is going to be something specific piece of equipment, cord and plug, it's going to plug into it. And that is going to be at its maximum output or maximum current draw for three hours or more, then that has to be considered a continuous load. And I need to take that into consideration. Now, that is something that will be designed and it'll be very specific. But generally, receptacles, um, whether you're in a dwelling or even other than a dwelling, is not considered a continuous load. Whereas, again, the lighting in other than dwellings is going to be considered a continuous load. Okay, Um, So we have to kind of wrap our head around it and get a better understanding of what's considered a continuous load and what's not. So the next thing that we want to do is we want to go to the definition and look at it. So if you go to your National Electrical Code, obviously you go to Article 100, you have definitions, glorious definitions. You really need to get to know these definitions. They're going to make uh, life so much easier. The more you understand definitions, the more you, 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 you wrap your head around the fact that this isn't all-inclusive. I mean, there's, there's general terms that will appear in the code, and you're going to use the Webster's Dictionary to understand general terminologies. But code-specific stuff that is in Article 100, and it keeps growing every cycle, 
where we start bringing and relocating things over into Article 100. And the reason for that is the Manual of Style for NFPA, National Fire Protection Association, uh, dictates that where you use something in more than one article, then it needs to really be located in Article 100. So it was a lot throughout the code where you had dot two, which is basically more often than not the definition sec, you know, definition section for a specific article that was germane just to that specific article. And that still exists. But if we have a definition that is broad, it's used in many, many, many articles, then it needs to make its way over to Article 100. That way it can be used generally for the entire code. Because as we know, no lesson again on the anatomy of the NEC, but chapters 1 through 4 apply broadly throughout the NEC. 5, 6, and 7 can amend or modify chapters 1 through 7. And of course, 8 is a standalone, but it can reference back, okay? It can reference back to any other article or any other section, uh, most notably, a lot of times, all the way back to Article 300. So... And you have all these these different aspects of it. And of course, not, chapter nine is your your you know things like that tables. All of that were in referenced as applicable. So we learn this anatomy of the National Electrical Code, but we forget how important chapters one through four are to the base foundation of a safe installation. So when we looking back at chapter one, we're going to focus on a definition for continuous load. Remembering again that this terminology is going to come up in 210.19, 215.2, and you need to know when you're doing a load calc what a continuous load is. You take that load, which is the actual load, and you treat it as a continuous load. You just simply load if it was uh, 39 amps of continuous load. Somebody's telling you that's continuous load. When you're sizing a conductor to a standard overcurrent device, then you're going to take that continuous load at 125%. So you have to understand the basic concepts of 210.19, 215.2, and, um, and you need to understand the basic concepts of uh, 230.42 in order to really graph sizing conductors and, again, sizing overcurrent devices like in 210.20, things like that. You, you really need to grasp it. But we need to focus on continuous load. So if you go to the National Electrical Code and you go to the definitions and you look for continuous load, here's what the definition says. And it's, it's very short. It has been reduced in, in, in the last couple cycles. So it's very much straight to the point. It says, what is a continuous load? It is a load where the maximum current is expected to continue for three hours or more. So it's expected to take place. Okay. So other than the National Electrical Code telling you something is a continuous load by virtue of just flat out telling you in the code, any load that would be for maximum current for three hours or more is considered a continuous load. Now, why is that significant? Because... When we start doing load calculations, and whether we're in 210, 215, 230, we need to know whether or not it's considered a continuous load, which is still the actual load, the actual value. You know, the concept of saying treat a continuous load at 125% for conductor sizing, it's still just the same load. Nothing changed. 
We're just treating it as a continuous load. And usually we're doing this because the breaker's limited because the breaker's not rated at 100% rating of, of, of its rating. You know, say if it's a 20 amp breaker, it's not rated to handle 20 amps continuously. It's typically going to be limited to 80%. So when we do 120 on an actual load and we do it 125%, 125 is the reciprocal of 80. So depending on what load you're given, whether it's the breaker size and you want to limit it to 80, or you've got the, the load and you want to go at 125%, it's, it works out the exact same, right? So that's, that's when we talk about reciprocals. Although you don't see the term 80% in the NEC, you see 125% all the time. So you just need to know that it is basically their reciprocal, all right? Um, so let me give you another example of a couple of things that people tend to get confused on. You take the dwelling, for example, which we typically, again, have no continuous loads in there. Um, all of them are uh, interactive with humans. We can cut the lights off. If we choose to waste energy, that's fine. But there's enough diversification, we could cut that off. Um, but let's talk about your oven. So many people talk about oven or the range, and they go, how come that's not a continuous load? Well, common sense uh, has to kick in at this point and say, well, you know that it, when you're cooking in the oven, the burners come on, they cycle on and off, on and off. Um, they do not put their current output continuously at their maximum value. Even if you turned everything on all the way up, there's a cycling effect that takes place um, to maintain temperatures. And so, again, that is not continuous. Continuous is if something draws 10 amps and it's going to draw 10 amps constantly for three hours or more, that's a continuous load. Now, luminaires that are in a dwelling, if you leave them on, obviously they're on, they're at their maximum wattage output. For three hours or more, you're thinking, why is that not treated as a continuous load? Because it's not in a dwelling, you have greater diversity. Now, in a commercial environment, it's totally different because you don't have the luxury there. If it's an office building, the lights are on in the morning, and they're on all day. And again, if there's cleaning crew, it's probably on all night. So you have to take those things into consideration, whereas the dwelling is much more diversity involved in how you control those loads, okay? So rather than trying to overcomplicate it, we, we simplify it and say there are very little continuous loads in a dwelling. There are quite a few potential uh, continuous loads in a commercial building or other than dwelling, we should probably say, make it more accurate. Um, and the code's going to tell us what to be considered a continuous or not, or we have to actually look at the characteristics of the use to whether something is considered uh, a continuous load or not. And so that's why we examine the definition of what a continuous load is. Um, so routinely I see on drawings uh, more and more um, where we have um, blueprints that show specific circuits to be dedicated to a load that is continuous. And many times I don't see anything on the drawings or anything that depicts this as a continuous load when you're factoring in the overall uh, load calculation. For example, if it's a service and you're dealing with uh, 230.42, it clearly states that you take all the continuous loads at 125%, and you take all the non-continuous loads at 100%.
Now, you might add these two together, and then you can form the size of your service. But in reality, it's something that you have to do, and we're, we have to take all those things into consideration. So, um, I, you know, usually I tell engineers, I say, be very careful in loads that are depicted as continuous load based on the definition of their maximum current uh, at um, three hours or more. And they go, well, it's a receptacle. I'm, I'm right, but you've designated that receptacle, okay, for this specific piece of appliance that has a, a use group that's going to be treated as a load that's going to be this maximum output for three hours or more. Now, of course, they can get into debating on that and say, no, this one doesn't do that. It's only on for this. Okay, then that's obviously that's their engineering design. They, they can do that. I'm just saying be careful, be very conscious of it. Uh, because it is something that, that, that can come back to bite you. Now, probably small mistakes of uh, missing one here, there is not going not gonna to play a big deal. Certainly not going to impact your service calculation that much. But they can be cumulative. They can add up over time. So kind of some of those things to think about. So, again, in the national, kind of a summary. We'll wrap this one up. Um, as a summary, what is considered a continuous load? A continue, and, and I should tell you, this does not, as far as the definition, does not uh, specifically hold this to other than dwellings. You know, dwellings do have some continuous loads to take into consideration, but the most notable is branch circuit sizing for the water heater. But you would not take it as a continuous load when you're doing the load calculation, okay, for a dwelling. All right, so other than that, the lighting would not be considered continuous loads. Um, there's obviously the general use receptacles would not be considered continuous loads. Um, obviously there's very little, if anything inside of a dwelling that you'd be considered continuous loads. Now, conversely, other than dwellings, there's an awful lot of loads like sign lighting loads under article 600 motors under 430.22 for single motors. Um, there's multiple motors or motors with other loads. Uh, that you might have to deal with in uh, 430.24, whereas you take the largest motor at 125% and the sum of the other FLCs on, in the same group, uh, and that becomes your motor sizing for your feeders and things like that. So many things to consider continuous loads when it's other than dwellings, very little for a dwelling. Okay, so kind of one of those, that's a summary. Remember that in branch circuits in 210.19, that we have to size continuous loads at 125%, and we have to take non-continuous loads at 100%. Of course, you might also remember from my derating demystified video that you then have to compare if there's any type of adjustment and corrections going on, like ambient temperatures, number of current carrying conductors in a raceway or something, or bundling. Then you have to compare two things, whichever results in the larger conductor. Okay, might be the continuous loads at 125 and the non-continuous, but then you have a temperature that's got to be taken into account. So then you have to do that calculation, and after adjustment and corrections, it has to be able the conductor has to be able to handle the actual load. And at that point, you're not worried about the 125 percent; you're just worried about the actual load because the load is the load, right? So there's different ways, and again, go watch that derating demystified video. It's a great video that explains kind of it. We're going to update that for the 2020 here shortly, but it's still relevant. It's a really good video, and it kind of walks you through the different concepts. So hopefully you got something out of that today's episode, and it wasn't too uh, uh, boring for you. 
Thanks for listening to all of our podcasts and share them. We have a new segment that's going to be coming up, and it's going to be just a weekly uh, tip segment. Try to keep it under five minutes uh, on any section of the code, any specific part that we'll talk about. It's no rhyme or reason. We'll pick something out, and we'll talk about it. And you can, again, we hope you subscribe to all of these. But, again, it's something we're going to try to do on a weekly basis when it comes to little code tips, things like that. So until next time, stay safe. God bless.